Hey everyone, it's Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and welcome to this Simply Shipped video brought to you by E2Log. Again, I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, and thank you so much for joining us on this introductory video on not only the E2Log company and its founders, but we're also going to try to set the stage for some of the future conversations we're going to have in our content all around technologies, strategies, and actionable takes for our global economies, shipping paradigms, and supply chain networks. So thanks again for joining us. If you want more information on what we're going to be breaking down today or to learn more about E2Log and its place in the logistics industry, make sure that you're heading to our website, e2log.com. Again, that's the letter E, the number two, log. Dot com. You'll find plenty of information on our solutions and services, uh, and also more pieces of E2Log content. All right, so let's jump in. For the uninitiated, if this is the first time that you're stumbling on E2Log, let me give you the breakdown of the company. So E2Log is a cloud-based logistics orchestration platform that digitalizes the interface between the shippers of cargo and their logistics service providers, such as freight forwarders, customs brokers, truckers, etc. And this unique operating platform enables end-to-end -end order lifecycle management, and this is for international as well as domestic shipments and via all modes of transportation for all types of cargo. So, on today's episode of the show, what we're going to be doing is sitting down with the founding team at E2Log to get the big picture of the company and our vision for why E2Log is representative of a major need in the logistics industry today, what impact the company could have on the larger ecosystem of businesses that rely on an efficient and intermodal supply chain, and we're also going to break down how the founder's vision is shaping E2Log's approach, some of their differentiators, and overall the positive customer impact for a more efficient and insightful logistics operation. So let's go ahead and invite our two guests. I'm pleased to welcome and joining us in the studio, John Donnelly III, co-founder and CRO, as well as Adolf Colosso, founder and CEO, both with E2Log. Adolf, how you doing? Doing well, thank you, Daniel. Yeah. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. It's great to have you in studio. And John, great to chat again. How are you? Great, Deanna. Great to be here and excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, like I said, and um, you know, like we're going to be breaking down today, this is all about y'all's vision for the company, uh, helping our audience better understand why E2Log, right? Why this is even a need in the industry today, and really connect the dots with solutions, needs, and potential impact down the road for E2Log at scale. Uh, you know, I think the hope is we standardize E2Log and it becomes a key piece of the logistics puzzle. So we'll be kind of laying that foundation today. What I want to do first for our audience is get some intros and background on both of y'all, uh, as we are going to be digging into y'all's perspective and vision today. So Again, we'll start with Adolf. Can you give us your intro, just kind of as you as a professional, uh, your background in the space, and what your role has been in getting E2Log off the ground? Sure. So my entire career has been in supply chain, close to 30 years. Wow. I've been very fortunate to be exposed to different dimensions of the supply chain. Uh, supply chains are complex in terms of their construct. So there is procurement, there is inventory management, warehouse management, logistics, trade compliance. There's also the regulatory side. Uh, like customs and others. So throughout my career, I've had an opportunity to work on all of these dimensions in different parts of the world. So I've been fortunate to live and work in four different regions of the world, but also do boots on ground supply chain work in 75 countries around the world. Wow. Now that has been uh, instrumental in helping us at E2Log be able to formulate the strategy around how do we need to solve the logistics problems, not from a theoretical standpoint alone, 
but conceptualizing technology and the solutions, given that background of experience, both from a standpoint of being exposed to different facets of the supply chain, mm -hmm. but also the intricacies of how supply chains and logistics are run across the planet. Do you feel that that global perspective, those 75 plus different countries that you've worked uh, within and with, uh, is that helping give you a better perspective of the needs in the industry today as well as the solutions that are actually solutions for those needs? Absolutely. What a lot of people don't realize is that whilst you may receive a product here, let's say in North America, that product has gone through a very complex journey. And when you look at that, the product may be starting its journey on another side of the world where the nuances of operating a supply chain or running logistics is completely different. Sometimes the complexities are linked to, say, infrastructure. Sometimes it's linked to the technology that is available there. Sometimes it's regulatory because of the complexities with crossing borders, completing customs, etc. So when you have a deep enough appreciation and understanding of how all of that runs and works, you can actually build towards better solutioning. So it's made a big impact in terms of how we've approached this. And this domain expertise does not exist just within our leadership team. In fact, we built the organization with a strong group of supply chain professionals who come from some top quality companies and have been involved in running global supply chains. John, let's get your perspective now too. Um, sure. Give us your intro and background as a professional and again, your role in helping get E2Log off the ground. Sure. Well, I joined the business in late 2021 to help uh, really kind of uh, grow the, the uh, overall go-to-market team for free to log on, on a global scale. And uh, as, as Adolf mentioned, uh, we have tremendous supply chain experience in the company, uh, great technology experience, and the, and the company's essentially built a B2C experience for supply chain executives to leverage from a platform perspective. And I was drawn to that amazing domain experience and the fact that technology is so easy to use. When I spoke to some of our, our customers as I looked at joining the company, their experience with the platform was, was amazing. It was stunning in terms of their usability and way, uh, ability to come up to speed on the software very, very quickly. So the customer impact was really fast and really got me excited about joining the business. And now I'm building the go-to-market operation around the company from a marketing, uh, customer success, sales perspective to really help um, delight our customers on a global scale, the ones we already have and certainly new ones, um, and really help to uh, educate um, the buyers on kind of a buyer's journey with our, with our website to really enable them to educate themselves really, really positively about what our unique value proposition is and how we can help people in the supply chain space automate and become more efficient. So I'm excited to be here in the technology space for about 25 years with companies like Cisco and AT&T and some other startups. So was drawn to the amazing energy the team had and certainly um, kind of, I guess, provide that third pillar, if you will, of our growth strategy around domain experience, technology, and, uh, and the go-to-market operation. Yeah. Uh, I guess to follow up on that time that you've spent with massive companies like Cisco, how do you feel that that experience specifically and dealing with that technology applies to mapping this kind of uh, you know, globally capable logistics solution at E2Log? Sure. I think obviously when you're in a small company that's growing, you, if, you, if, you, if you scale larger businesses on a global scale, you kind of know where we're headed from a journey perspective. Right. So in terms of, I know what we need to do to really help to, to scale the business from you know a small company to a big company. And I think that really helps to 
uh, look at kind of what, what types of talent we need in the business. It's certainly a mix of talent, what types of people we need at this stage of the company versus down the road, and really enables you to kind of see, again, where we're headed from, from, a, from an overall kind of roadmap perspective and how to build a team around us to, uh, to help grow the business efficiently and effectively, uh, which is critical. And ultimately, when people join a company the size of Etalog, it's going to be so important to have the right energy and attitude to, uh, to help us grow. Definitely. So let's get a little bit more perspective on uh, y'all's experience and time with similar technologies like the one that E2Log is um, you know, putting forward for the market today. So uh, Adolf, we'll start with you again. Can you walk us through your experience with similar logistics technology or just with even just the larger ecosystem of solutions that support the logistics industry and how your work with that technology helped birth the idea for E2Log? Yeah, the whole concept of E2Log was actually conceptualized because of the lack of technology in this space, <laughs> right? <laughs> and is. if you look back at the last several decades and you see what kind of technology has been at the disposal of logisticians, it's, it's shocking because most of the largest companies in the world, even today, use the Microsoft suite of products to run their logistics. Um, when you consider what kind of technology has been out there in the market, even though supply chain as a function has had ERP systems in use for a long time, these ERP systems have been primarily focused on the procurement aspect of the supply chain. Now that is only a subset of activity. Supply chain, as the name suggests, is meant to be a chain of events that take place in the course of supply of goods. But what has happened is the technology came into one pocket, which was procurement. But the rest of the technologies just did not exist. So it is actually that challenge that we identified and said we need to bring technology into the hands of logisticians. And that's how the whole Etolog concept was born. Now, when we look at the technologies that have existed up to this point in time, relative to your question, ERP systems, I say this with due respect, are clunky and they're not user-friendly. Mm -hmm. It's not the kind of technology that you and me experience in our day-to-day -day lives. Sure. Today, what kind of technology is the average consumer exposed to? E-commerce, um, apps with a great UI and UX. Yeah, totally. Absolutely right. So that's the technology that you and me and all users are exposed to in their day-to-day -day lives. Right. However, when they come to the workplace and they're trying to run their supply chain, they are exposed to a clunky system. So... Consumers are now looking for that kind of an experience. So what we've tried to do is bring that B2C experience, which consumers are used to, into the B2B world. And strategically, we want to simplify the usage of technology for logistics. I'll tell you this. At one stage in my career, I was a buyer. And in the process of buying, you need to cut a purchase order, as they call it, in an ERP system. And it was normal to spend hours and hours trying to train yourself to use the system. And I remember that I had a, a, a user guide, which was this thick, <laughs> to tell me how to cut a purchase order, right? And despite doing that same task for months, I still had to flip back and say, oh, how do I do this? How do I do that, right? So we have specifically focused on overcoming that problem and built technology in such a way that you do not need a user guide. You want to build technology so that it's intuitive enough for the user who is relatively familiar with the process to be able to come in and intuitively know this is the button that I need to click and this is the natural progression to the next step. 
So that's the void that the industry has had, and that's the void we've tried to fill using this approach to technology. So then why that um, approach that holds both the UX and UI, as well as the weight behind the solution as equal players in delivering um, you know, an actual needed solution for the industry, right? Um, I guess dig a little bit more into that impact and why you see both of those needing to coexist and, and share a similar level of priority. Great question. So one of the interesting things which a lot of folks may not be aware of is that supply chain as a function and logistics as a function have not even had a formal education till very recently. It's unlike if you're a mechanical engineer or you're an electrical engineer or you're a doctor or some kind of trade. You get trained on how to do that and there are well-established best practices which are highly recommended to be able to execute your tasks. If you're building a machine, you're setting up an electronic circuit board, whatever the case may be. But when you look at supply chain, the industry has just not had a formal education. There is no well-defined structure around how supply chains need to be run. It is something which a lot of people actually learn on the go, and they, their learnings and their knowledge are very oftentimes limited to what they're exposed to in a particular company. So if I work for a particular company for 25 years, and that's how they ran their supply chain, that is my understanding of how supply chains need to be run. So what we've done is the team that we put together has got two fundamental skill sets when it comes to the product and the technology itself. One is those who have deep supply chain expertise from various industry segments working for some of the largest companies in the world. And then we have a technology team who's just built the product based on the inputs from those supply chain experts. Mm. So at the end of the day, when you put technology out there, not only do you need to have a great UI and a UX at the end of the day, but you also need to make sure that you're solving problems and you need to standardize the processes so that you get the best supply chain impact. So when we've built E2Log, whilst the focus has been to get, deliver that B2C experience, we make sure that we've actually simplified and standardized those supply chain steps and processes so that it has a common way of doing things. So when we go to our customers and we introduce E2Log, not only do we bring technology to them, right. but we actually bring better processes, we simplify things, we eliminate waste, both through technology as well as our approach to processes. Wow. The other thing I was going to add to that is I think when you look at the industry, as it all said, so few people have technology that actually works, and so that's really been a problem. And so because in every, people's everyday lives are used to using these apps that are very simple, as we discussed, the UI is easy, it requires no training to use a lot of things like Uber or, or, or food delivery apps, whatever it might be. And so those types of things are really, really important to build a technology platform that's usable right out of the gate. And so when you talk about training and onboarding customers, we'll talk about later, um, it's a very simplistic process we've gone through here. And so people can get to immediate customer impact rapidly. And because we're selling a software as a service, um, they basically are, are subscribing to the product on an annual basis. And so we need to make sure that when they buy the software, they actually have an, an impact very quickly. It can't take six months. It can't take nine months mm -hmm. like a traditional large ERP system. Again, nothing wrong with those. They're just a different approach and different kind of uh, solution. So we've just built something that, just, again, gets to that impact fast, which for our industry is really imperative for, for growth and, uh, and retention of customers. And I mean, your answer to, you know, basically what technologies has the logistics industry been using before this being, well, barely any, you know, I, that seems like 
a glaring gap in the industry. We see a lot of other heavy industry. I'll draw analogs to utilities, to industrial manufacturing. All been in this space of industrial digital transformation, taking on industry 4.0 over, you know, I'll, I'll be generous, the last decade, let's say, right? Why have we not seen that kind of pressure on the supply chain and on all of those little touch points, but we have in other heavy industry? Great question. And uh, this is a question I've been asked many times. Hmm. And I'll start off by saying that I cannot explain the actions of others. Sure. Right? <laughs> but uh, You're not omnipotent? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so let me start by giving you a perspective of where have supply chains historically sat in the hierarchy of an organization, vis-a-vis now. So when I go back in my career, I'll tell you this, that we were at the lowest rung in the pecking order within an organization. Typically, you will have you know, the core business of the company, engineering, operations, sales, and all of those functions, the core functions. Then you have the support functions, right? You have HR, tax, legal, et cetera. And then supply chain sat at the bottom of that support function list. So automatically, the needs of that function never got the attention of the C-suite. So I'll give you my own example. In 2007, uh, I had moved from Singapore into the US and I was injected into a global role with uh, one of the world's largest offshore drilling companies at the time. And we were going through an ERP implementation and there was a lot of focus obviously on the procurement piece. And I was the guy who was running that dirty little logistics operation on the side for the company. So I went to uh, you know, the leadership of the company and said, Gentlemen, we need to have technology for our logistics. Can we make sure that as we are implementing the solution that we have sufficient focus on that? Uh, you know, I was beating on people's doors trying to get that done, never got done. But there are two reasons why it never got done. Now, the first was that they did not see it as an important enough function. And the second thing is there was no good technology available. So it ended up in that situation. However, when you look at the world today, in 2022, more people know about supply chain and what it means than people have ever known, probably in history. And it's because of the fact that there has been a massive disruption, which has caused people to become aware of the importance of supply chain. Today, those very same C-suite leaders who are not paying attention to their supply chain functions and logistics functions because they just thought they were so low and tactical, are actually now going to their supply chain leaders and saying, hey, this is impacting our bottom line. This is impacting our ability to deliver product to our customers. What are we doing to make our supply chains more efficient? Today, when these CFOs have to pay $25,000 for a single container to move from China to the US, as an example, when they were used to paying a tenth of that not too long ago, it's caused them to, to, to sit up and pay attention to this. So the fire is lit. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, the reality, too, is, is, is the... Uh, the role of chief supply chain officer has grown tremendously in the last few years. And so obviously the, the state of the world lately, although the last three or four years that everybody knows about, as, as, as all said, has driven that kind of you know visibility into what's going on. And I think it's also driven you know enterprise customers like the folks that we, we work with um, to think more about how to automate and be more efficient um, and just look for, look for ways to save money and be able to you know really help to boost their brand. Because ultimately, if you're not able to deliver products on time or have visibility and kind of ability to kind of you know price things effectively, you do affect your brand. So it really, really, you think about the C-suite, the marketing folks are upset with the supply chain folks because things because the brand is affected by that. So I think it's driven just again the overall need for 
solutions like this, like we have, in terms of uh, ease of use and be able to do something fast. They can't wait for another year to go by with ships sitting in the harbor with things not being delivered. Right. So. What is, just to add to that, right, uh, what's very interesting, Daniel, is that you know, we talk to customers on a day-to-day -day basis, different industry segments, different parts of the world. It is shocking to see how many large global corporations who are not short of funds in any way, uh, not uh, short of their ability to reach out and find technology solutions, run their global logistics on the Microsoft suite of products. And nothing against Microsoft. And thank God for Microsoft because I don't know what they would have done without it. But it is shocking. People are using in 2022 emails, Excel spreadsheets, and phone calls to run logistics operations, which uh, firstly are carrying billions of dollars of product. But in terms of the spend, I mean, we talk to companies who spend 50, 75, 100, 125, 150 million dollars of logistics spend a year. But all of that is managed without technology. Right, manually. So, manually. Right. Yeah, and right. then, you know, when you look at the, the challenges in the world of supply chain today, uh, it's not necessarily because there are lesser ships on the planet. Uh, you know, the ocean industry has been con contributing towards the fleet constantly. Yeah. The airlines have been const uh, constantly providing uh, the equipment that is needed. The trucking fleets have been reinforced over the years. But why is it that there is such a big imbalance today? And a lot of this is stemming from the fact there's lack of data flowing through. There's lack of technology and the huge inefficiencies that come about as a consequence of that. So the moment you have a little bit of tipping of the scale yeah. because of an event like we've been through with the pandemic, this, this, the, the whole infrastructure is not able to cope with it because the data is not flowing, information is not flowing, technology is not there. And it sounds like what is uh, you know, placing the market where it's at today, or you know, speaking more largely, the entire logistics industry is suddenly companies realized we need to pay more attention to the supply chain, and then they realized uh, we don't have the right solution to do this. But because, like you were describing, it was at the bottom of the priority list for years, it wasn't necessarily a profitable market to develop giant solutions for the supply chain. So then you said, well, we need to find the right solution, and you look and there aren't a ton of solutions available anyways, right? So that places E2Log in a really unique and exciting position because as everyone is looking for the right solution, as they're weighing ERP systems, as they're weighing the Microsoft suite of products, they're looking for something to ease those pain points across the entire supply chain. And E2Log seems like it is stepping in to fill that critical role. So I ask then, why E2Log and why now, right? Why should our audience out there and customers out there consider E2Log in the growing suite of products that are now realizing this is a market with opportunity, let's break into it, let's plant our flag, right? So why y'all? Sure. So as I mentioned earlier, right, supply chain is essentially a chain of events yeah. which need to occur seamlessly for the supply chain to run efficiently. It's as simple as that. Naturally, yeah. When you look at technologies which are out there, a lot of these technologies, Daniel, tend to be technologies which solve one or more of those activities. So then what happens is if you are looking to orchestrate your end-to-end -end supply chain, you end up having to use disparate systems. And sometimes you, you have a situation where there are actually gaps because of the fact that you don't have a system to do something. So if your supply chain, for example, has got 25 steps, 
and you end up using four different systems to cobble that all together, you have to deal with that you know flow of information across different systems, which is not efficient to start with. And then you have gaps because the systems don't do everything. Now, what we have done at E2Log, and this is extremely powerful, and this is one of the most important reasons why we're different, is that we take that entire supply chain process end to end, we weave in it together in one single place to be able to have the ability to help companies orchestrate that end-to-end -end logistics process on a single platform. And it allows that order lifecycle visibility. So this is game-changing, wherein you don't need to have multiple systems, you don't have to have fragmented processes, you can actually take the process from start to finish and manage it in one place. But the other aspect of it is that we work off a platform concept, very aware of the fact that there are already pre-existing systems which may be in play at a company. So if a company is using an ERP for procurement, as an example, or a warehouse management system to manage their multiple warehouses across the planet, we have the ability to interface with those. So the platform concept allows you to pull in data and push out data from systems where you need to receive it from and where you need to send it to. But we are that engine which allows for that end-to-end -end process to be managed at one single place. And this is game-changing. And it's also very important that when buyers of logistics technology are going out there and trying to see what's available, my recommendation would be do not look for a band-aid solution. Oh, I need this. How do I you know, plug this gap over here? Take a step back. Look at your entire end-to-end -end logistics needs and see how you can find one platform to be able to orchestrate this rather than have, you know, ending up with some kind of a patchwork solution. The other thing I would add to that, as a, as a thing we talked about earlier, is the fact that as a new customer of Etrelog, you don't need that much training, as you said earlier. And so I think as we've developed the platform, the reality is that you know people, people, you know the UI and the usability of a system is so important. Uh, we spend a lot of time on the engineering side to really do that. And so when we have you know sprint releases every month to kind of bring products back to market and continue to innovate. But ultimately, it's again, do, we, do, do, do the customers have that immediate impact? Do they have impact within 90 days? We provide that with a platform that's extremely extensive. And I think that's, uh, you asked why, to log, why E2Log, why now? You have to have that platform capability to have the depth of knowledge we have in there with the domain experience we have, coupled with the UI. And I think that's a real different difference maker in terms of other vendors in the space that, you know, again, take a lot more time and effort to, to get things to market. So let's ground the unique qualities of E2Log around some customer examples, right? So if you had to you know, give us one example of E2Log at work or you know, how you see E2Log um, filling all of those gaps and serving a holistic uh, purpose, what would that be and how do you see each of those touch points validating why E2Log is such a unique solution for the market today? Sure. I'd like to give you two examples because you know, they solve <laughs> a different use cases but highlight very well uh, what value we bring to the customer. So one of our customers is uh, the world's largest electrical equipment manufacturer. And they have product which comes out of supplier facilities as well as their own manufacturing facilities. And not surprisingly, as I mentioned earlier, they were running their international logistics just using the Microsoft suite of products. Now this was leading to a lot of inefficiencies. And uh, as we went into the customer, we discussed with some of their inventory planning personnel. We discussed with some of their sales personnel as to what their problems were. And they said the constant challenge that they were grappling with is they didn't know where their product was. They didn't know how to plan their replenishment and stocking levels because they just did not have control over their supply chain. 
when we spoke to the logisticians that, that were running their business, they said, we just don't have any tools to be able to execute the logistics. When we spoke to their logistics service providers, they said that the whole process is so fraught with inefficiencies, that invoices were not getting paid, uh, there were disputes in the invoicing process between them and the customer. So ETLog comes in and we actually digitalize the end-to-end -end process for them. Uh, they move freight between about 35 countries and that region of the world where our technology was deployed. And within a period of about 30 days, we were able to drive down their logistics costs by more than 20%. We were able to improve their process efficiency on certain activities that they had sort of measured pre-ETLog and post-ETLog. And the process efficiency that was achieved was in excess of 70%. I mean, those are transformational numbers. Absolutely. And in fact, uh, when Mark, uh, Mark Scott, our CTO and myself, had a conversation with the CFO and the CEO of that company in our quarterly business review, he said something really interesting to us. He said, guys, you've given me visibility and oversight of my own company and its business, which I did not have. <laughs> Just yeah. did not have the data. Because part of what we did for them is through our analytics platform, which is a, a, a super exciting layer that sits above our, our uh, you know, operating platform. Right. It provides a single pane of glass and a visual representation of what the supply chain looks like for that company. So it allows the executives, the planners, you know, different people in different roles to see what's happening within their supply chain. So that was a huge impact that we made with one customer. Another customer that we work with is one of the world's largest offshore drilling companies. Uh, they're headquartered here in the U.S. And they had a logistics program which, uh, you know, because of the downturn that the oil and gas business had been up to, until, of course, gas is now 125 bucks a barrel. <laughs> but uh, prior to that, they had to make some deep cuts within their organization. And the consequence of that is that they had to almost relinquish control of some of their supply chain just to keep it going because of the lack of resources and this was being done by third parties, and they ended up with a suboptimal process. So when we came in, what uh, they presented as a challenge to us, is they said, we want this entire process automated from step one to step seven. It's like, say, a 10-step process. We want these seven steps automated because we don't have the resources. We know we've, we've lost control of, of these stages of the process. What is it that E2Log can bring in? So through our platform concept that I mentioned, we integrated with their um, ERP system for their order information. We integrated with the warehouse management system of their forwarders. We were able to build rules based on their business needs to say, you know, every once a week, for example, you move an air freight from this location to this location. Every two weeks, you consolidate your cargoes for, from these origins to these destinations. And we automated that process. So for this customer, what was uh, it was they had actually done a Kaizen event. And they had mapped that their supply chain process end-to-end -end was about 88 steps. Mm -hmm. And the automation that we brought in for the seven stages of their activity took away almost 45% of those steps that they had. And we actually automated that. And the even the limited resources that they had supporting their business needs, even those are not needed because of the automation that we delivered. Thoughts on your end on that example? No, I just think ultimately it's again we we talk about why Etolog why now and ultimately it's about delivering you know rapid impact rapid savings yeah. and the and the ability for the supply chain teams to be able to kind of push that up to the sea level to show them as it all said on our in our dashboard and kind of analytics capabilities is something that the combination of our mobile platform our, our overall platform itself 
and the analytics provides that visibility into the savings we're able to get. So again, execs can see, you know, how how um, how the automation is working, how we, how they're becoming more efficient, um, and therefore saving time and money through their processes. Right. So, y'all have mentioned this, uh, both of y'all have in some of your answers, but. Why is it so important for there to be an early, almost immediate impact for customers as you pitch them and validate them on E2 log, uh, or really just even more generally on any solution being implemented into the um, logistics industry? Yeah, I, mean, I, th I think the reality is that when you're when you're selling a platform like ours, like I said earlier, in terms of a subscription model, uh, yeah. um, when you when you sell to a customer in, the, in this environment, um, you have to have immediate impact. You have to be able to make them happy, delight them, and, re and retain them over time. So how do you do that? It's through innovating with the platform, it's showing it's showing immediate impact, it's showing long-term savings, and it's obviously growing within your organization, getting more users uh, in their workflow using Etalog. And so the idea behind our entire customer success program is to ensure that happens so that we stay very close to customers, they have an assigned account manager to them, so they get that kind of very much you know, hand-holding along the way to make sure that they're having success and we help to kind of promote that within, within the organization internally to help make the existing projects successful and find new ones as well. So again, it's this constant kind of wave of um, back and forth with us and customers to ensure that they're using the platform, seeing value and seeing, again, additional opportunity to find more savings across other projects. And I think when you're, when you're um, coming to market with a SaaS platform, it's imperative that part of the process is really great. You can't just sell a platform and expect it to work. It has to be a continuous relationship you build with the customer. So in many cases, we will not go after customers that don't have a good fit for us. We've developed a very strong ideal customer profile, key use cases where we're gonna be good at things and not good at things. And so we try to find projects where we know we can have good success um, and try to avoid ones that we won't. We, just, we, we know that you know, good news travels fast and bad news travels faster. We'd like to uh, <laughs> ensure that uh, we find customers that are happy with us and, and they stay with us. So, What I would add to that is, in most instances, when we are going into a company, we are not necessarily replacing another technology because the odds are nothing has existed over there to start with. So there is a, a degree of expectation from those who've made the investment that they need to see the returns in that. And uh, you know who doesn't like to see the returns quickly? If you go and buy a stock tomorrow, you will wish that it skyrockets uh, the next day. I right? mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same concept, right? So people are looking for an ROI. But the important thing is that what we do is that we, through our analytics platform, help those decision makers who have made the sell internally to adopt a technology like E2Log to demonstrate the value that has been delivered. So we give them the ability to say, you know, this particular process I gave you as an example has improved by 70%, or we have been able to reduce our costs by 20%, or we were able to bring supply chain cycle time visibility in which now helps uh, the inventory planners make better inventory decisions. Or we now have analytics which helps us to manage the performance of our logistics providers as an example. Or we now have analytics to help the buying decisions that we are making. So there is a need for speed associated with this, but that's the beauty about technology like ours is that it doesn't have a long life cycle to be able to start being implemented or delivering value. It literally kicks in within a few weeks time. And uh, you know what I think is so valuable about there being that pressure uh, for speed, you know, speed in, in success of the solution, um, also comes from what you just said, that typically these platforms aren't replacing something else in the market. For a lot of companies, this is their first time ever experiencing this. So if anything, 
<laughs> other companies in the space should be, you know, giving the rally cry behind E2Log because if anything, by you validating the role and success and efficacy of a platform like E2Log, the whole industry benefits too. And, you know, other players in the industry, anyone providing any kind of technology solution in the larger ecosystem for logistics now gets a win because E2Log has done their job right. Um, do, do you see that kind of, you know, I, I don't know, e ecosystem perspective as you approach the success of your technologies? Absolutely, yes. And it's, it's really important because of the fact that, uh, you know, this is an elephant in the room when it comes to digitalization is the fact that a digital transformation is a cultural transformation. Right. And the folks who are running logistics in a lot of companies very oftentimes tend to have uh, a thought process that, you know, technology cannot help over here, or we cannot digitalize this entire process. And, you know, I've done this this way for decades, and it is far too complex to be digitalized. So that's a, that's a barrier of resistance that I would say most companies who are trying to bring technology into this space are struggling with. So there is no better way to overcome those barriers of resistance than to have those who have experienced the benefit firsthand to evangelize that, right? So that's why having those success stories out there and being spread for the broader community within supply chain and logistics is very, very important. And I think once we can get those testimonials out, those use cases out, those business cases out, I think it will drive an overall change within the industry. One of the other aspects about uh, how supply chains have been run uh, globally for the longest time is to think of it like horse with blinders. Yeah. That's what it's been, right? Each supply chain leader or team runs their supply chain just focused on their business. Yeah. And the industry has not had the concept of ecosystems. Mm -hmm. And this is where E2Log is bringing this concept in, wherein we are a digital ecosystem, wherein you have the ability to share data, which is anonymized and aggregated. Nobody is able to see confidential data one of the other, but the ability to make your decisions around how you move your freight, which lanes, what transit times to expect, what pricing to expect, as an example, is coming from the concept of ecosystems. So the future of supply chains is going to be ecosystems. The future supply chain is not going to be a supply chain leader sitting in isolation on the top of a mountain trying to figure out how he or she runs their supply chain. Right. It is going to be based on the sharing of data, right? The future of supply chains are going to be uh, building composable supply chains, wherein you have the ability to react very easily to the pushes and pulls of the markets, the demand and supply capabilities. So that piece is only going to come from those who are, who are the pioneers in adopting technology, actually sharing their successes with the broader audience. Any thoughts on that? Well, like I said earlier, I think as we look at our kind of overall go-to-market approach, we're trying to, uh, and if people come to our website, etolog.com, they can certainly see we built a buyer's journey kind of perspective so that people can understand kind of a little bit more of the history of the supply chain space as Adolph has kind of touched on here, as well as kind of how etolog's taking a different approach to it. And ultimately, it's about it's about making the industry a better spot for everybody. Um, certainly, we want to have Etolog be a successful business, of course. But ultimately, it's about um, the overall industry kind of improving and being more efficient and more uh, positive for everybody because we all participate in the supply chain at some level, right? So 
we're trying to uh, do good things for, for for the industry as well as the ecologic business itself. But ultimately, again, when you come to the site, you'll be able to see kind of what that journey looks like, be able to uh, kind of educate yourself on how why we think we're different, why we're unique. Um, and kind of, as Adal said, we'll have over time um, lots of good, great customer success stories up there to show people, you know, good use cases for the product, the platform, and other people's success. Ultimately, you know, success breeds success. So we're hoping that uh, as people continue to talk more about their success with our platform, others will come and take a look and see what, if it's a good fit for them. Exciting stuff, y'all. We're just about done here. Thank you again, Adolf and John, for y'all's perspective so far. It's really been enlightening, and uh, hopefully our audience has a better picture into your brains, you know, and how you're viewing the current situation and environment and where E2Log plays a role. What I want to do now is look ahead before we wrap up. So what do both of you see as future changes to the supply chain? Uh, you know, based on how we're seeing it evolve now and respond to the last two years of pandemic stressors, what's in store? And how do you see that impacting uh, E2Log solution and, and some of your, you know, maybe future updates? So three areas, I would say, are going to come in play for future supply chains. Number one is technology. It's going to play a huge, huge part. It's going to be the differentiating factor between success or lack thereof for supply chain leaders. That's not going away. So technology is here to stay. It's only going to get better. And what we believe is that the future of logistics is autonomous logistics. Mm -hmm. And uh, AI and ML is going to play a big part in that wherein you know the decisions which are today taken by humans based on their experience are now going to be data-driven decisions wherein you will be able to program uh, the technology to make certain decisions based on certain events happening or not happening as an example. So autonomous logistics is here to stay. It's coming. It's just getting started. It's part of what we have already started delivering to our customers. That's yeah. a one big piece. The second piece is ecosystems, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, the world is going to change how it approaches supply chain. These decisions are not going to be made in isolation. It's going to be more and more sharing of data, maintaining security, but being able to make decisions with a broader spectrum of vision relative to what's happening across the world and with other shippers and logistics providers. Uh, a lot of the experience that I believe is going to come into supply chain is what you have, for example, in the travel industry today. Today, it doesn't take much for you to know whether if you're staying at a particular hotel, what consumers uh, think about that experience. Right. If you want to go to a restaurant, people have, an, have sufficient reviews and ratings about uh, how the food is and what the recommendations are. Right. Today, when it comes to logistics as an example, where do you find a review or a rating about a logistics provider? You can't. <laughs> There's no Yelp for logistics. Right. Yeah, right. So <laughs> that is going to happen. That is going to be the future. And the opaqueness that the industry has had for the longest time is going to go away. And it's going to go away because of technology. And it's going to bring in a higher degree of transparency into the buying decision of, of supply chain leaders and the performance of logistics providers and uh, the, the data around transactions, etc. The third piece, which we believe is going to be the future, is going to be the uh, composable supply chains, which have the ability to react and respond. You know, what a lot of people don't realize when businesses are growing, as an example, one of the big challenges they have to overcome is how are we going to support the supply chain in a new country or a new region or a new market? And oftentimes companies are, are handicapped because of how their supply chains may be if they're rigid or don't have the ability to scale uh, based on what those business needs are. So that composability of supply chains is going to be a big piece that we see coming into the future. 
Yeah, the other thing I would say, we talked about this a little bit earlier, was the fact that the way we've innovated the software from the very beginning has been very, very customer driven, right? So when you think about a lot of companies and vendors in the marketplace across Silicon Valley, when they build platforms, a lot of times they get a bunch of technology people together and build something that they think is going to work for the industry and hope they get product market fit. Uh, E2Log already has product market fit. And why is that? Because we built it with a lot of supply chain experience with Adolf and the team that was built originally and having existing customers help drive some of the additional, uh, some of the functionality that's in the system today. So the product is actually usable and people recognize that. So I think that's something we're, we're going to continue to do in the future in terms of, you know, constant continuous product marketing and product market feedback for the platform to continue to grow and innovate so that we make sure we're building things and building additional functionality that's actually usable as our customers grow. We want to grow with our customers. So the whole customer success program we talked about earlier, we take very seriously. It's all about delighting our customers and making sure that their impact and their advice and their counsel in terms of our growth and the future is always there. It'll be a constant constant wave of feedback for us that really helps to drive the innovation that we're looking for. What I hear from both of you is that technology is going to empower community, which is going to empower feedback, which is going to empower this great positive feedback loop of change that pushes the whole industry forward. And that's incredibly exciting. Uh, and I know that E2Log is doing a lot of work to stay at the front of that positive feedback loop. So this is just the beginning of conversations, not only unpacking those big level trends, but also getting some other folks in here to chat with y'all and other E2Log uh, leaders to get a sense for how they see some of these issues mapping out and how E2Log's working for them. So I'm super excited to chat with y'all in the future, but till then, we'll go ahead and wrap up today's video. So thank you again to the two of you. Again, folks, we've been chatting with Adolf Colosso. He's founder and CEO of E2Log. We've also been chatting with John Donnelly III, co-founder and CRO of E2Log. Uh, if folks listening and watching want to tap into what E2Log's doing, they want to learn a little bit more, maybe pick y'all's brain on the future of the industry, how can they do all the above? Sure, obviously go to our website, e2log.com. You can hit me up at jd3e2log.com or go info at e2log.com. So those are three three avenues to get to us and uh, we'll hope to hear from you soon. And Adolf, for you? No, thank you. Can you give your cell phone number out? Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. And social security is right here. No, That's right. All right, John, Adolf, thanks y'all for, uh, for your time today. It's really been a pleasure. Thank, thank you, Daniel. Appreciate it. And thank you everyone for tuning in to this Simply Shipped video. If you want more information on the E2Log team uh, or you want other episodes of our Simply Shipped podcast or just other important supplemental resources to understand movement in the industry, make sure you're heading to our website, e2log.com. Again, that's E, the number two, log.com, and make sure that you're subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on some future E2 log content.